Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me invite you to take your Bibles and go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're going to wrap up this series that we've been in, and uh, as we've looked at it, we've We've called it Waymaker. Uh, it's been a reminder to us all the things that God is. He's our Waymaker, our miracle worker, our promise keeper. And then today we're going to finish that with the light in the darkness. And uh, so this morning, if you have your Bibles, we'll be at John chapter 1. Uh, last year there was a research that came out. Uh, and as you can imagine, every time this research comes out, it, it's a little disturbing. But the research came out last year in regards to beliefs and who believes in God. Let me show you some of this research that came out. It says 83% of those in the silent generation born 1927 to 1945. Now, listen, just, be, just so you know, I'm not going to ask you to stand when it's your generation, okay? Just so you know that. Um, but but uh, 83% profess a belief in God. And we can think back, we know that. We, we've seen that statistic for a number of years that those of an earlier generation understood and recognized who God was. So let's go on. Uh, the next uh, came out, it's the baby boomers. It's the group that was born between 1946 and 1964. 79% of the baby boomers believe in God. Again, 83, 79, not too bad. But let's get to the to the next generations here. And now we have 70% of Generation X born between 1965 and 1983. They identify as Christian. In other words, that group recognizes that there is but one God, and that God that loved them so much that sent his one and only son to die on a cross. It's not at this moment, it's not a belief that there is a, a, a being out there, but it's a belief that there is a God who loved them. Well, so we can imagine, let's see what the next one is. Catch this. 43%. 43%. Gone down from the 70% to 43% of millennials born between 1984 and 2002 say they don't know, don't care, or believe that God exists. Only 57% said they were Christians. Uh, 43%. 43% of millennials. What has happened? What, why has the, this, this continued, this downhill slide? Well, we could spend the rest of the time that we have in the next three hours together so talking about that. But for the next three hours, we'll talk about something different. Why is it? Well, it's because we don't have a true belief and understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. And so this morning, I want to ask one simple question that I want you to catch. And, and I want to ask it at the beginning and ask it at the end. And it's this question. Why is Jesus referred to as light in the darkness? If we can answer that question, it can change that percentage. 
It will affect our children and our grandchildren. It'll affect those that we hang out with. It affect the world around it, affect our church, communities, our nation. If we understand why Jesus is referred to as the light in the darkness. So to help us do that, let's look at John chapter one. We're gonna read the first nine verses, but we'll focus in on verses four and five. So if you have your Bibles, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word? Verse one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The, that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light that gives light to everyone who is coming into the world. You may be seated. Opening verses of John's gospel point out to us that that Jesus is the light, tells us that he was there in the beginning. It gives us, gives us hope and a reason to believe about the light and the darkness. So here's the big idea I want you to catch this morning. That Jesus Christ came into a world full of darkness to be a light so that people could see and respond to the love of God. That's what he came. He came into this world to be a light. We were in a dark world. He came to be a light so that we could see and believe and understand the grace of God. So this morning, what I want to do is give you just three perspectives, three reasons why we refer to Jesus as the light in the darkness. The first one is a biblical reason. It's, it's real simple. It's a biblical reason. As we look through Scripture from beginning to end, we will find there's this biblical account that Jesus is the light, that God is the light. Uh, we, we've sung about it this morning. We've heard Scripture read about it. But there's been biblical reasons to say that, that Jesus is the light in the darkness. Now let's look at some of these, these uh, reasons, these biblical verses. So the first one we find in John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to them again and said, I am what? The light of the world. Listen, I, for me, in the, close your book, it's done. He has proclaimed he's the light of the world. But yet, the very reason he proclaims it, people decide he's not the light of the world. The Pharisees couldn't understand what that meant. Even though Jesus said, I am the light of the world, anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness will have the light of life. Uh, John uh, 9, chapter 9 tells us this. It says, uh, as long as I am in the world, what? I am the light of the world. In other words, as long as I'm here, I'm the light of the world. All these biblical accounts, John gives us that there is this understanding that 
He is the light. A couple more. John chapter 17, or 12, I'm sorry. says, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in darkness. And so we have all these scriptures that Jesus is telling us that he's the light of the world. Biblical evidence that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And in him, there's no darkness. Mitchell Nance read Psalms earlier for Psalms 27. It's this verse right here that uh, David tells us. David says, the light, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? We have plenty of biblical evidence. Plenty of biblical evidence that says Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. So if you are someone who is struggling with that question, let me ask you, on the biblical evidence, why don't you believe? And you go, well, to be honest with you, Pastor, I, I like science more than I, I like biblical. Okay, well, let me give you three scientists and their point of view. First one is Isaac Newton. Uh, Isaac Newton said this, the admirable arrangement of the harmony of the universe could only have come from the plan of omniscient and omnipotent, omnipotent being. Sorry, I could say that better. Isaac Newton says that. Here's another one. Thomas Edison says, says this, my utmost respect and admiration of all the engineers, especially the greatest one of them. You begin to be aware of that darkness in your life. You're aware of, of that sin. You're aware of what you need to do. You're, you're aware of that light. Uh, John tells us this in John 3. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. It may not be exposed. When light came into this world, when Christ comes, when Christ came into your life, he began to expose the darkness in your life. And you began to see differently. This year, our son graduates high school. Does it seem possible? It seems like yesterday uh, we were holding him in our arms. It was yesterday that, well, I guess I was holding him. In my, no, I'm just kidding. Um, it just... You know, but because of his graduation uh, and people are coming to the house, there's the longer list of things to do to get done. I don't understand, but I say, yes, dear, we'll get it done. And so one of the things I did the other day was I put new light bulbs in our bathroom. And I remember taking these light bulbs out, I put these new LEDs in and all of a sudden, when I flipped the lights on, it's like you were standing outside. Well, that was great. Except when you flip the light on and you see much brighter, you begin to see all the things in the room that need to be touched up. So I have one or two choices. It's real simple. A, I take the light bulbs back out and put the other ones back in. Now you don't see what needs to be repaired or fixed or painted. 
you just move on. Or you change and you make the repairs. It's the same way what happens to our life. By, by the way, I left the light bulbs in. Pam, Pam caught me before I took them out. But that's what happens in our life. Is when, when Christ comes into our life and the light comes into our life, we begin to see differently and we begin to see our sin nature. We begin to understand that we need to make a change. And we have to either make that change or deny the power of Christ. And so the light not only separates the darkness, but it exposes that darkness. But also we find in this text there is this victory over darkness. On a spiritual level, we see the separation, we see the exposure, but we have to be able to see the victory that comes through that light. John 1.5 told us this in our text, that the light shines in the darkness, and catch, and the darkness did not, what, church? Did not overcome it. It did not overcome it. Despite Satan's best attempts, despite all the things that had happened in the life of Christ, all these things, Satan convinced Jewish leaders that Jesus was not the Messiah to take him to a cross, to punish him, to do all these things. But yet, as they put him on the cross and as he died three days later, he rose from the grave. Darkness cannot overcome it. Jesus is the light of the world because that's who he is. Darkness cannot defeat him. And so for you and for me, it's the same idea. That once the light comes into our life, once we have Christ in our life, there is the the working of the Holy Spirit that comes into our life and begins to lead and direct our path. And if we'll trust in Christ, darkness cannot overcome us. Oh, that doesn't mean we won't sin. It means that our eternity is secure in Christ. But victory has been won. Victory has come. And that, my friends, is what we hold on to. Look what Matthew tells us. Matthew says, suddenly they shouted, what do you have to do with us, the Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? It's interesting in this text, if you look through multiple times, Jesus encounters demon-possessed people. And every time he encounters them, they realize who he is. And they never win. Why? Because darkness cannot overcome the light. Darkness cannot overcome the light. So, this morning, so what do you, why do we refer to Jesus as the light in the darkness? Well, we have biblical reasons 
we look through the text, we, we can read where Jesus is on the light of the world. We have spiritual reasons. We can see where Jesus exposes light. We can see where he um, has victory over light. But the third reason I want to give you this morning is personal reasons. Personal reasons. I came to know Christ at the age of eight. I asked Caroline this morning how old she was, nine. I asked Elizabeth when, what, how old she was when she came to know Christ, 12. And, and, and while Caroline's early in her spiritual journey, I, I can testify, and I, I've, you've heard Elizabeth's testimony, their family testimony. There have been days in my spiritual journey that, that have not always been great mountaintop days. There have been moments in my life that have been more valleys than there have been on top. There have been days in which I have begun questioned what am I doing and why am I doing it. There have been some moments that, that I have struggled There have been moments that I've wondered, what in the world do I do? But here's what I know for sure. Even in the lowest moment, that God was still on his throne. I might not understand why. I might not understand the how comes or the, the what's next or how am I going to survive this? But I've never questioned God on his throne. I've never thought that God did not exist. Why? Because light is always brighter than the darkness. And Christ, working through me, has reminded me, I'm the light of the world. I've held to that, that thought process that, that no matter how bad things get or how good things get, God's still in control. He still is at work. And so John 1, 4 tells us this. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. When I came into, at the age of eight, when I, when I recognized that I needed a Savior, when that light came into my life, there was a life that my life was changed forever. The Holy Spirit came in and began to do a work. And so, as we read in Matthew's Gospel where Jesus tells us these, these famous words we know, you are the light of the world. A city, on, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. And guess what? And give glory to your Father in heaven. To give glory to your Father in heaven. My spiritual journey has had its ups and downs. It's had its highs and lows. 
but my heart has always been to be a light. But the truth of the matter is some of us at times are, are, are lights, but our lights are different. Have you ever gotten your flashlight out and you realized it was time to change the battery? It was no longer bright, but it was dim. It was dim. It was one of those things that if, if you were desperately needing it in the dark, you might could see one foot in front of you, but you weren't going to see far off with it. It was not that bright. How, how bright is your light? How bright is Christ working in your life? We sang a song earlier this morning. Great are you, Lord. And the lyrics go, you give life, you give love. You bring light in the darkness. Great are you, Lord. Can you give that testimony this morning? Can you give a testimony of how great God is? That even in your valleys that God is at work. That the light of Christ shines in your life. Can you tell somebody why you believe Jesus is the light of the world? This morning, I hope you can. I hope you can, can give testimony as to that Christ loved the world so much that he went to the cross for it. That if you, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, and if you believe that, that Christ went to the cross and died upon a cross and three days later rose from the grave, and you believe that he did that for you, you can have eternal life. This morning, if you're here this morning, you've never confessed Christ, you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior as Caroline did this morning. Today we invite you to do that. If you're here this morning and you've confessed Christ, you, you recognize the light of the world and you recognize that you are to carry the light and be a light to, into a dark world, I, I, we want to challenge you. We want to challenge you that as you go, that you go be the light. And one of the ways we want to do that is to give you a bracelet. Uh, you've seen some of us wearing them already. We gave some out Wednesday night. But they look like this. They, they have the 1 in 99 on it. Comes from Luke 15. Where we're reminded that we are to leave the 99 and go looking for the lost sheep because there are people in our life who do not know Christ and who do need to make the decision to follow Christ as Caroline did this morning. And what we want to do is challenge you to pick up one of these bracelets just to wear. To let it be as a reminder to you every day that as you leave your house and go wherever you go, that you're looking for the, that one. You're looking for that one to be able to share the gospel with, to be able to tell them that Jesus loves them, to tell them about the light of the world. And listen, we gave this out Wednesday night. And at 9 o'clock, 9.15 on Wednesday night, I received a phone call from somebody who says, you're never going to believe I've already had the chance. Person said, I'm, I was wearing my band, and I encountered somebody. In fact, the person thought they were saved, 
And, and they said, hey, what's that orange band you got? And, and that's, somebody said, why don't you get blue? I said, because I want it to stick out. So people see it and notice it and say something. And sure enough, somebody did. What's that orange band? And what's that one in 99 mean? Oh, you know, Luke 15. No, I don't know. That night, somebody had the opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. That's what we do as people of the light. We go and we proclaim that Jesus is the light of the world. So if you're here this morning and you confess Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, as you leave this morning, we have, have these, these bracelets for you if you'd like. But here's the thing. Don't pick one up if you go, I'm never going to share the gospel. Then, then don't. Because we need to work on, on your heart and understanding our responsibility as believers. But if you go, hey, I'd love to have an opportunity or let this be a reminder to you. But if you're here this morning and you don't know who Christ is, today you have an opportunity. Today you can surrender your life and come to know Christ. Would you stand with me? Just a second, as we sing our hymn of invitation, I have decided to follow Jesus. If there's a decision on your heart, maybe it's to be like to follow in the steps of Caroline to to recognize Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We invite you to come this morning. I'll be here. I'll greet you. Uh, Mike and JJ are right outside those doors. They'd love to, if there's a decision on your heart, if it's to rededicate your life or if it's just to, rest- just to join our church family, whatever the case may be, you, you do that this morning. But would you respond to a God who loves you? Would you pray with me?